Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Hey guys, welcome back. Tonight we are joined by Geraldine Orozco, if I said that right. Um, she's been speaking for quite a few years on the subject of the human hybrid program, uh, along with just ETs in general. I actually just recently uh, didn't even realize that you were in the documentary, Extraordinary, The Seating. And that was, it, if you guys haven't seen that, it's a documentary. Um, I believe it was on Amazon Prime. I found it. Uh, it's about hybrids, the the hybrid program. Absolutely fascinating stuff. And I, I this is something I personally have been wanting to learn more about. I think I have um, some participation in this program myself. So I'm really interested in diving deep into that and seeing where this information goes. Because um, just from what I've listened to from you, Geraldine, uh, this is like your life. This is like you, this has consumed you and probably in a good way, as far as because you're doing a lot of great work, um, helping people understand because this isn't just like some taboo thing. This is something that people are going through. A lot of women out there, there's some emotional trauma involved in this. And um, that's where you come in. It's, you're not just speaking on it, you're also helping healing and uh, removing the blockages and, and all of that. So uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me here. It's an honor to be here. And, you know, really thank you for wanting to dive into this topic because some people, you know, they, they fear kind of getting into this topic because we have to talk about a lot of sensitive and intimate things that revolve the hybridization program. But I think that it's actually a really important key element that's been missing from our understanding of ET contact and even our reality, even our human race and how we've evolved to be who we are today. So, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's extremely important, actually. Um, so you were abducted in 2013, if I'm correct, and you were presented to a group of children, which you, you realized that you had an emotional connection with. And then 2017, you had your first regression um, that told you that you were a lifelong abductee from the age of five. And that's where, I mean, that's where it gets really interesting because you discovered, I mean, like uh, military abduction programs, uh, the hybrid programs, uh, which I believe you said you're part of four programs. So um, if you want to go back uh, and, and tell people about the 2013 experience and then um, what you've discovered since then. Okay. So in 2013, I had a conscious, that means wide awake experience of being 
removed out of my home in Union City, California, and taken on board craft by six tall grays. And um, the experience was just um, completely, you know, paradigm shattering in that at that point in my evolution, both spiritually and just my perception of reality, I was not prepared at all to see or experience something like this. And when I saw these beings for the first time, you know, um, as I'm paralyzed and being taken out of my window through the wall and uh, the gray that comes and approaches me lifts his hand and all the fear leaves from my body. So he had complete control over my emotional state. And I'm being brought into a craft and the others go back into the light. And it is a gigantic, um, not traditional lenticular, but it is this, this massive ball of light that has a, kind of like a metallic sheen to it. And as I'm being brought into it, I can clearly see in detail like how the craft looks from the inside. I can see how it bends and curves around. It's very much like a donut-shaped structure um, that kind of curves into these hallways. And they used a lot of holographic technology within that to show me different kinds of um, surroundings. They would change my surroundings. But the most impressive thing is that Upon entering, they they showed me holographically changing my environment. These three beings that walked in front of me, and when I look closer, the center one was my aunt. And now this is very important because you got to understand at that time the topic of aliens was not something being discussed by myself or anyone in my family. Mm. And it wasn't until 2017 that we started talking about it. But my aunt remembers being taken the exact same night, and ending up at the hospital as a result of that experience, as a matter of fact. Wow. And she she's walking in front of me completely disconnected in her pajamas. And they remove this away from me. She leaves into another room. And this holographic prism appears in front of me. And levels of information begin to be being shown to me. And the first level is this alien language that begins to kind of appear in front of me. And the next level is the Pleiades. They take me to the planet Maya and they show me that I had been incarnate or a fragment had been incarnated in that time. And they show me most importantly, these eight lights that are my children. And from those eight lights, four of them manifested before me and the children come close to me and I can see them in the flesh they have these very thin gray skins, very, you know, very light, almost glass noodle type hair. It's thicker than our hair, translucent. Um, and their eyes, the pupils are just magnificent colors and shades and just really deep complexity. And it was incredible because for, I don't have children, but for the first time in my life, when I saw them, this maternal feeling just took, took over and this confusion and these memories that I had been with them, seen them, held them at prior times. And I kept trying to link my current day, everyday reality to these memories. And I, I was having such a difficult time placing them, trying to think, how did I not remember that? I mean, there were even feelings of guilt and shame because mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I can't remember when this happened. Um, and the feeling of, you know, complete helplessness. Who do I connect with? Who do I call when I get back to earth? Am I supposed to be responsible for these children? So, you know, the human mind just tries to wrap its head around what's occurring here. And it's just impossible. 
But um, as a result of that experience, um, they took me into a nebula, a holographic nebula in which they made me feel for the first time this connection to absolutely everything. And at the same time, kind of like disconnect from everything. And it was like, we're one with everything and there's no need to define anything. And that actually was one of the most impactful things because as a meditation instructor for 12 years, you know, I've never reached that level of neutrality that I was introduced to at that time. And I think that kind of created a foundation for integration of that experience there within that moment. And so, when I, mm-hmm, yeah, go ahead. I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no problem. Yeah. Just, just to end. I mean, when I was taken back to my room, it was like six in the morning. So they took me exactly at three thirty-three, and I was brought back at six in the morning and I was upside down on the side of my bed. And I felt like I got hit by a truck. My entire skin was burning because the light was so bright. My eyes were still watery. The bottom of my pajamas were gray and dark and dirty and I was barefoot, and um, I had marks on my hands. I had three dots, which I still have them, uh, that just appeared. And I, most importantly, when I went back to work on Monday, I had the ability to see the multidimensional body. And that's when, for me, that was my confirmation. Because even still at that moment, at six in the morning, I wanted to call the cops. I wanted to call the hospital. I wanted to call someone to let them know what had happened to me. And I, I knew that it would sound insane. Um, but when I started to have these abilities, I couldn't leave my house for three months after that. So that yeah. was kind of the beginning of a major life change. Yeah. I have so many questions. This is incredible. And so what what made you to wait until 2017 before you decided to have a regression and yeah. and what you just told us was that all stuff that you remembered from that experience or was some of that from their regression all of that is completely wide awake conscious experience okay. remember to this day realer than real life um and so um the why i hadn't spoken about it is because At that time, I just met my partner at that time, and I was going into a relationship, and I had my company, I had an event planning company, very high end, uh, for many years that I had been working, you know, that was my baby, and I, I was already feeling that I wanted to depart from that work, but it took me that those next few years to be able to really decide that I was ready to do that, because what I was living was a double life. I mean, I knew that this had happened to me. I had these abilities. I couldn't talk to them about any to, um, to anyone about them. And when I wanted to talk about it, I only told three people, my parents and my partner at the time. My family didn't know. No one else knew. No friends of any kind. No one. Because mm-hmm. I was so afraid that people would think I was insane, right? Sure. And so um, it came to a point in 2016, where I decided I really couldn't do this event planning anymore. It just wasn't making sense. It felt empty and no meaning of any kind and and sometimes obscene because the amounts of money that people would spend and just, it just wouldn't feel right. And I wanted to do meditation more. And I was teaching corporate meditation alongside. That's another business that I have. Um, But what happened is that I realized that this was important. And I even though I would research a little bit, I didn't know the verbiage to use. I didn't know what to use. So I would never find 
the information I needed. I couldn't find the people to connect. I couldn't find others. I couldn't find support groups, you know, so it wasn't until that time. And the only way I was able to find support was through MUFON here in Sonoma, Mm -hmm. where I met uh, this lady that actually heard my story. She was the first person outside of my circle to hear it. And she's the one that helped me and kind of brought me into that support group. And and that's when things started to change. And I heard about hypnotherapy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that that was, you know, something that you could do to help integrate. And she suggested, you know, hypnotherapy to help you understand better what's occurring. So I got the hypnotherapy session and that's when things started to really, really come out. And my life started to make sense, basically. Isn't, isn't it amazing how when we feel so lonely and lost but then when you discover that group of people like it's massive like you find out there's so many people involved and they're they're everywhere and they're we're all looking for each other exactly yeah Yeah. so i i know what you mean as far and it's funny because that's how i discovered the hybrid children and hypnotherapy was through mufon also a local mufon meetup uh barbara lamb you know her and um so yeah, I kind of want to, I really want to get into the process of how this occurs. Like what happens when they take you? Um, I, I mean, this is very complicated and confusing. So mm-hmm. can you explain what they yeah, do? Absolutely. So um, the hybridization program is, there's a process um, and it begins at an early age at the age usually of five years old or around early years where implantation begins of usually artificial intelligence that will begin and also extraction of, of you know genetic material. And with that genetic material, artificial intelligence is created um, in order for it to merge into the body. And this technology begins to track what's happening to the system throughout the progression of the lifespan of the subject. Um, then later on, we'll begin the insemination whenever the subject is ready for that, usually when it's reached maturity, right? So man or woman would experience that. And after an insemination, there will be a gestation process. Then there is an extraction of the fetus. Now, there's different kinds of hybridization programs, depending on who's running the program and what their agenda is. They will either take genetic material and create uh, something that is, uh, you know, in vitro or um, literally on a petri dish. It will be completely created and then inseminated into the body, or it'll be something that is um, put in through other technology into the physical body and gestated for an amount of time. Now, the gestation process is sped up, so it's not the same as humans. Um, And so the product, the end product of whatever is being extracted will be either removed oftentimes through the belly button or, you know, through the natural, um, uh, uh, you know, organs of the, of the human body. Well, don't, so mm -hmm. I was gonna say, don't they perform some type of like C-section, but they don't leave a scar. Yes. And oftentimes that, that C-section of of a sort is done through the umbilical cord where um, an arm uh, and their technology is incredibly advanced and will in in which it's more like artificial intelligence, like organic artificial intelligence, as opposed to just, you know, instruments or mechanical um, objects. So for example, they would inject something into the uh, belly button and it would go in and remove the fetus. And um, other times they would, you know, go in through um, 
you know, the vagina and pull out as well from the uterus. So this also happens to men, of course. It's not just women that experience this, where genetic material is taken out. Mm -hmm. And the important thing about the hybridization program is that the way that the insemination is created or the union is created plays an important role in the organism that's being created because everything is energy, everything is information. So when two organisms unite, there is a signature, a vibrational signature that's being created by that. So some darker agendas can sometimes create them through very violent uh, and very low kinds of interactions, okay? And that's that's for the purpose of that. Other Others are very high vibration. Sometimes they're incredible ecstatic experiences, yeah. right? Uh, and I've heard about both. And unfortunately, yeah. I've experienced uh, that for mm-hmm. myself uh, yeah. before. So, and I mean, how does that look? They do, do they just present themselves as anybody that they want. And you might, and it's almost like a screen image or something. Exactly. You're not actually seeing who's doing it. Well, you know, there's many different ways that it happens. Um, sometimes they utilize their technology. And so j- just to be clear, and I haven't finished the process of the yeah, of, sorry. Uh, of it yet, but we'll get back to that. But just briefly, there are many different hybridization programs. Aside from the ET, spectrum of ET programs, there are terrestrial programs which are involving the government. So a lot of those governmental programs are utilizing a lot of darker techniques in order to create. So, you know, people will go into these military abductions and the scenario is more more clinical. It looks like an underground base. It feels, it smells like that. You're going to get puncture marks or injection marks in the nape of your neck or in your arms. Um, it you It's more physical. There's more scars. It's more sloppy, in other words. Like the work that's being done is sloppier. When it comes to these extraterrestrials, it's a little bit different. These interdimensional beings, the way that they operate, even if it's the darker, they will use their technology, which involves mind control and, of course, shifting holographically. Sometimes they will screen themselves to appear like humans and, uh, you know, create these interactions that seem romantic or whatever. And then the exchange happens And oftentimes the screen will be removed from people that are more conscious, more awake, will usually become aware of the experience in the middle of the experience as it's happening, because there's, there's trauma that's being occurred there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that will wake them up to really processing what's occurring. So this, this is, this is what happens. And so it just depends on what kind of program it is. Now let's go back to the different steps for the extraction. The extraction will depend on what the agenda is doing. A lot of times the military programs take the genetic material and they have their own more cloning like programs. Um, They do have hybridization programs too, which we know as some kind of uh, earth-grown MKUltra type programs that are used for the military. They're groomed and they're genetically modified in order to create these weaponized humans. That is more likely a terrestrial program. Um, in these higher uh, higher uh, programs, these interdimensional beings, um, oftentimes when they do the extraction, it's going to be uh, very small where, where it's just uh, a zygote sometimes, or sometimes they will speed up the gestation process where it looks like maybe a four or five months term developed fetus and remove that. And 
this has happened with uh, another member actually of the film, Extraordinary Deceiting, a woman that was, um, you know, she hadn't had intercourse with men ever in her life, and yet she became pregnant and was pregnant up until three, um, three months. Yeah. Four wow. months, you know. And a similar experience happened to me when I was not partnered, becoming pregnant three times in my life. And so this is where, when I say my life began to make sense, it's not just, you know, random events. These are really serious things that happen medically, um, whether it's the development of scarring tissue inside the uterus and, um, you know, cysts and things that would probably develop for from a 35, 40 year old woman at the age of 16 um, to these anomalous illnesses that occurred from one day to the next, having experienced insemination. Okay, yeah. so this is where we start to see where this fictional or, you know, non-physical experiences really begin to meet the physical and where we see that people are having, you know, more traumatic. Yeah, events. where you have, I mean, if you have, you're experiencing all the symptoms of a pregnancy and then um, in some cases I know, like, um, these girls are like planning to have the baby and then yes. all of a sudden it's just not there it's one gone. day yeah. and then i guess the excuse they use is the uh, the, the body it was absorbed by your body or whatever um yeah. it's it's i've actually experienced this uh, myself with a, a girl i dated in the past who i we always refer to as a hybrid jokingly because she always i know she's more et than anything um would this happen with her as well yes and one absolutely. day one day there was no baby and she was telling me about being on a craft and raising mm -hmm. this child and she knew everybody's name and I was up there. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff. It is, it is. And I think what makes these experiences so unique is that the woman is in, like physically experiencing this. I mean, going through pregnancy is, is, is kind of a big deal. I mean, your hormones are clearly shifting, you know, your cycles are changing a lot of body um, aspects of your physical um, cycles are becoming adjusting and changing, you know, so it really affects all areas of your life. And more so, um, what happens when a woman loses the child is another big hormonal shift for her, you know, and it can mm -hmm. be very emotional, very traumatizing. And oftentimes, very long lasting trauma can occur from that where we women become fearful then of conceiving or having children. And the doctors, of course, the medical um, uh, doctors would usually talk about it as a blighted ovum or something that was created through stress. Um, so all, all kinds of things, you know, so, so for me, one of the important things that I'm working on right now is trying to create support in the medical field for this, because whether it's a psychosis or, a, you know, a global psychosis that we're going through, or whether we're actually dealing with ETs, which I think it's the later, we need to talk about this and we need to provide the support for both women and men in order to help understand what is happening and hopefully in a way that's educated, not coming from a place of fear or, you know, doing anything because we're dealing with technology that far transcends our understanding of everything, biology, science, physics, everything. And so we're infants in beginning to really understand what we're dealing with here. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, um, just to finish, um, what usually happens after the extraction is that the children will be presented at a later time. And there's an important purpose for that. Um, it's scientifically known that when 
when any animal, any creature, any living being is born, it requires the affection and the connection with the mother, with the, with the host that gave birth to it in order to help normalize and sustain neurological activity in the brain and also how it develops and how it sees itself developing as an organism. So this is the same for these hybrids. There is a connection and a union that is occurring with the mothers and the children that are being born. So the presentation is a very important part of it. Um, you know, and I think the more that people begin to remember these experiences, there's women that have been having having women that have been having dreams about seeing babies and children all their life. And um, it's not that they wish they had children, but it's the specific child that is introduced to them. And it's something similar happened to me as well. I had a reoccurring dream at the age of five that my mother would be bringing this little blonde child to me. And I thought it was going to be my future sister or maybe even my own child at some point. But I never had dreams or illusions of having children. I was never one of those women that would dream about that. So it was just interesting that later on I had forgotten about that reoccurring dream. Now, having met this exact child on the craft, you know, it just really made me look at all these experiences, lights that I had seen, missing time that I had had as a child and throughout my life. Um, you know, times when I became ill after these weird dreams of being injected or being um, in these rooms on top of cold slabs of metal and, you know, being operated on or having procedures done. That's where these things start to meet one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I a woman I know who claims that this happened to her as well. She's a remote viewer. And, uh, but her, her gift is a little more, it's not, it's not technically remote viewing, but she can see, she, she just has a gift, right? So she looked in on this situation. She wanted to know what happened. And what she saw was when they were extracting the fetus, she said they used like this little, this little tool that was like a blue laser. And it was just like this fine little line. And they went in and, and then pulled it out. And then it, and then they used the laser again to seal her back up and left no scar no scar at all and then i guess they take the fetus and then they grow they grow it in an incubator um on a craft until whenever correct. you know correct as a matter of fact there are um what they call their motherships um um are incubation ships that basically there are walls and walls of these incubation tanks and i just remember one time um when i had one extracted the incubation tank is like this uh, spherical tank with uh, liquid and it has an artificial umbilical cord that once it's removed from my body, it's immediately attached to the artificial and then put back into the liquid for it to incubate. And the walls are just never ending. I mean, I, I paint this in some of my artwork because it was so impressive. It means that how many of us men or women have maybe hundreds, you know, of hybrid children. And for how long has this program been going? And it really makes you think, I mean, the children are a combination of genetic material, but so are we, you know, mm -hmm. where did we come from? We look at historically our origin back to the very beginning of time, and we can refer texts like the Book of Enoch. We can refer texts like the Emerald Tablets. We be look at how ancient lore in all different cultures around the world from 
South America to the American Indians to uh, even uh, Northern uh, Europeans down to Indians. I mean, every single continent on the planet has this uh, his history of the story of the star beings coming down, creating life with humanoids, right? Mm -hmm. So when you begin to look at that and you begin to look at our DNA and how we're noticing how there's such a gap between the apes, the evolutionary cycle of the apes and the human, um, you begin to understand that we are we are much more. There's more technology that was utilized for the genet genetic mutation of the human as opposed to just natural evolution. There's no way. And we are still processing through that evolutionary move right now. Yeah. And we are seeing hybrids put into the reincarnation cycle now. We have children that are being born that are remembering not just their past lives, but they're tapping into their star ancestrals. They, they have information about other planets. They have information about things that they're seeing. I have children that are having contact as children now. And you have to remember that this is generational. This runs in families, runs in bloodlines. It's my belief that it runs in all bloodlines, but some bloodlines remember and have this awareness at surface level where they mm -hmm. begin to remember and recall their contact. And so it goes down the maternal lineage. In my family, every single woman had been abducted, had had contact. And it wasn't until I came public that these conversations started to come forward. And I hear this from my clients all the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. what that's why talking about this stuff and coming public is important. Sometimes it's not even about you. It's about it's about everyone else. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think you're right when you say everybody has hybrid children. I, I almost would yeah. want to say that. I mean I would not doubt that at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been made aware via uh channeling one time um that I have seven hybrid children at least. And, wow. uh, and I don't know, and I asked, how do I, how do I connect? And, and, and they just said, um, meditate, meditate, mm -hmm. and you'll see us. And I've had children pop up in my meditation, but it's just glimpses, sometimes a little voice. Um, but that's it. And, and to be honest, sometimes I, I, I kind of stopped trying to com communicate because um, life happens, we get distracted. And um so have you had any experience like that as far as communicating with them? Because, you know, there is a silver lining here, I believe, and it, but I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, at this point, to say that it's one way or another would be like, uh, you know, it'd be so silly to, to, to think that um, because they were talking about very complex issues of our interdimensionality. We need to understand that we are interdimensional and basically everything begins and ends with us. So when we give life to this other organism, it is a part of us that is living and continuing this lineage. What makes these important is our DNA. And our DNA is a complex um, recording system of the history of the entire universe the history, you know, of, of everything that not just this timeline that we know, but multiple timelines of reality. So when we begin to connect with them, we're connecting with an aspect of ourselves that's living out these alternate timelines on these other dimensional planes. And our information is living through, extending through those beings. So to me, the way that we are um, very enmeshed 
in this reality uh, or maybe this holographic reality that we live in, which you can call it a matrix if you want. But we, everything that we do, everything that we feel, everything that we connect with, we are bringing into the present moment. So when you connect with your hybrids, you're tapping into lineages of information that transcend the physical plane. So it's really important that we begin to train doing that, whether we have hybrid children or not. Yeah. However, um, the way that I look at these agendas, it really just depends. And what I'm where where my research has taken me is the question of is are they separate? You know, is there a difference between these very incredibly high vibrational beings? Is there a difference between the military? Because the interest is the same. It's our genetic information. And more than the genetic information, which is just a record keeper, is the infinite life source that sustains this organism running, which is the soul. So the actual thing that is important is not just the DNA. It's the soul that feeds into that information. That is what continues this human race, all races. So um, when we connect with them, we are accessing one of our many, many uh, cocktail of DNA that we have within us. Dark DNA, what we know as junk DNA, is where we would find the information for all of these holographic uh, fragments of ourselves, which our science has not really understood how to read yet. And hopefully, as they learn, we'll be able to access some of that multidimensional aspect of ourselves. Um, I wonder how many, well, I mean, I'm sure there's scientists out there that, that are, I mean, the ones that are doing this stuff understand all, all of what you just referred to. Um, obviously, the mainstream scientists don't know. But I know the one question that has come up a few times uh, when we have brought this subject up is free will. Um, this is an infringement on free will. Or did we all sign up for this and don't remember? Right. And so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just said because it, it's some people are very, um, this, this isn't easy to accept for some people. Um, it's very intrusive. Yeah, it's, it can be taken as like a violation of yourself, your zero being, you know? Yeah. Like this happening Absolutely. to people. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a really important thing to talk about. And it kind of, it's a perfect segue for the past, for the, this last conversation we just had about, um, you know, who's doing what and what's their purpose. I mean, ultimately, in the way when we look at the laws of the universe and of creation, we are organic beings. And so we need to understand that we abide by laws that transcend our ideas of what physics and the laws of this current earth are, right? Because right now we're operating by the laws that we see here of nature. But there we don't understand that yet. We're still in infancy of understanding that. I mean, even our technology is so far behind. So if we begin to go inside, this is why meditation is important. We begin to access this universal collection of information that transcends what's being put out here. And what that allows us to do is to tap into the higher laws of creation of the universe. And in those laws is an understanding of how um, we are one, first of all, we are source, and each one of us as a fragment of that source embodies within that the information of the all. So if, if you look at it that way, where does your free will play in? Are you the creator or are you being created by something outside of you? Mm, the human 
the human has the ability to experience all potential expressions of that infinite. And so, and, and this is something that when you look at ancient texts, they understood that as well. So this is nothing, none of this is really new. This is what we can discover through our understanding of ourselves. But we make contractual agreements and we are united and experiencing on this earth plane, this current experience, because we're in resonance with one another. Even if it seems millions and billions of people, there is a collective experience being had here. And the hybrid and the access to these other dimensional planes is just one of many. We are entangled more and more in this matrix through the hybrids. They continue to sustain us attached to this physical dimensional plane. Our free will begins to play a role when we become aware that we have free will. When we realize that all our um, emotions and all of our experiences make us a match to what we're going to experience. So even the darkest experiences that we have, we somehow agree to have those. Mm -hmm. And we may have made those agreements at times of lower consciousness, whether in this lifetime or another lifetime. So it's really important to understand that because what that's saying is that we basically created these experiences ourselves, but in states in which we're not conscious. So what that also means is that that means that something that is more conscious at that time, or perhaps playing out that same unconsciousness takes advantage of our unconsciousness. And I call that parasitic consciousness. A lot of these beings are playing out these parasitic dynamics in which they receive and survive off the life force that's being created by sustaining life within this multidimensional matrix. So the exchange is even in that we're in an expression of duality. But when you reach the higher levels, source or the beings that descend from those higher dimensional planes in my opinion, would never interact in those parasitic exchanges. So I think it's a part of natural evolution, but I think that the more we wake up and the more we become aware of the sovereignty that we have to govern not just this physical body, but our multidimensional aspects, we will be able to experience other possibilities and move away from the idea of separation or fear or these things that are happening in these lower programs. That was probably the best possible answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, you really like you really put some thought into this, and you brought up a lot of interesting concepts that I don't think many of us think about. You know, we just like, oh, this is my, this is me, this is a violation, but we don't think about the higher aspects of it um, because we don't understand yeah. it. It's it's obviously we're programmed not to understand it. They want us, you know, down here just just you know an autopilot um right right and that's the difference between artificial intelligence and consciousness we become artificial intelligence when we're constantly mechanical in hypno in hypnosis by the television by radio by all these things by distractions that pull us away from what's really happening which is the things that are happening in dream time things that are occurring in the astral plane like these abductions like these um all of these programs, they're operating on levels that we are not even aware of. And the government knows that. There, oh, yeah. there, there are experiments that have been happening on our consciousness for since the 50s, since the 40s, mind control, MKUltra. Montauk. Montauk. I mean, I mean that was, one of many. Yeah. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know us better than we know ourselves. That exactly. is for sure. That is for sure. And they purposely suppress any information that's going to help us get to know ourselves better. Exactly. As soon as you know and your potential, their game's over. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to talk about these topics, because it's not so much about pushing the agenda of fear or the feeling of being helpless, because we are so not helpless. You, I mean, the more the more we understand that we are literally the creators of what we're experiencing, the 99%, because remember that our reality is fabricated, created, designed by a small 1%, which are all bloodline related. And this has goes into DNA because I, I researched the DNA as well. Holographically, we are all, we are all related, right? 2000 years, you and I, both of us, we've had relatives in common, 2000 years. So we come from an origin lineage and these families that are in power are bloodlines that have been heavily preserved through royal families and families that are in control that are managing the financial systems of the world, every single umbrella system that governs our reality is managed by them. So we, when we really, really let that sink in, we begin to realize, okay, who are we serving with our dollars? Who are we serving with our time, with our energy, with our emotions? You know, are we just puppets of a system that is constantly paras parasiting um, off our actions? And so that's where things kind of really begin to take a turn, where we're coming to a place in time where we need to realize that we have more uh, power than we believe, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm so glad you're touching on all that, and especially the bloodline stuff, because if you really break it down, um, wasn't it like a 12 year old girl discovered that like all of our presidents that were belonged yeah, to uh, exactly. one bloodline, to yeah. some ancient bloodline? Um, what does that tell you? It tells you not only one that they try and preserve the bloodline, but but two, it's very important to keep someone from within that bloodline in a position of power for whatever reason. And uh, it, it tells you a lot about um, the elites and, and some of the royal families and stuff because it just doesn't make sense. It seems like such an old fashioned way of life that it's no longer relevant. You know, um, no. keeping that hierarchy class system going is, is not, is not going to, we're not going to progress that way. Right. Exactly. Um, and in 2017, when I had my hypnotherapy, one of the things that I tapped into, I've been heavily deprogramming myself for several years, meditating up to eight hours a day until I came to a neutral point. And that's when I had the hypnotherapy. I don't know I how began... people do that eight hours a day. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. Well, I wanted to become a nun at one point, but there's no nunnery that does what I want to do right on this level of understanding, unfortunately. Um, and the, the, the idea was because you reach a level where you have infinite access to information. And so I began to notice that three main bloodlines are the ones that seeded life on this planet. It was a red bloodline, a blue and a green, a reptilian, a Pleiadian, and an inner earth bloodline that are the creators and designers of our matrix. And from these bloodlines descended all of the main races and all of the races in power, what we know as the blue blood, the, you know, in, in the royal families, all of those are descendants that went trickled down into the presidency. 
And these are the families, which we already know already by now, the ones that are managing these uh, religious movements as well, uh, political movements, everything from the food that you're eating to the pharmaceutical companies are all, and, and technology as well, are all infiltrated by these families. They manage it. So um, you, you said it earlier, we are a product of an environment where the more we are sleeping, the more we're not aware of what's happening, the easier it is to manipulate and to become a puppet to the system. And where things start to get serious is when we don't understand what our DNA is. We look at epigenetics and the fact that everything in our environment writes our genetic code. It influences what we're going to be feeding in, in our bodies into in the next 10, 15 years. This happens holographically on higher levels in other dimensional planes as well. When we are sleeping, we enter dream time. We go into the astral plane. We're interacting with entities that are above the physical that are also influencing what we're experiencing. So the more and more we become awake in waking time, the more we can become awake in those levels. And I think that this is something that is ancient knowledge as well. If we look at the ancient Egyptians, um, Mayans uh, in South America, the Incas, all revered the afterlife all revered the practice of going into these altered states of consciousness in order to access pure form information. Mm -hmm. So the hybridization program is incredibly important in that cloning programs that are being created by the government are meant to create other life forms that are sustaining worlds in the same way that we're sustaining this world. They are sustaining other worlds. And this is done on many levels, there's many planets that are holding on to races like this. So it's again, it's another expression of the experience of becoming conscious, becoming aware, applying that free will. And we have the ability when we change our frequency to no longer be a match to these hybridization programs. I work with my clients a lot, experiencers that have very traumatic experiences and their children are having experiences. And of course they can't control that because it's happening on another plane. So how do we, we need to learn how to navigate that plane now more than ever. And I believe that this is the technology of the future. As things become more virtual, artificial intelligence, that is the level that we're gonna have to start operating at in order to move away from becoming artificial intelligence and moving towards the organic. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So two things, the cloning aspect of this, um, the clone program I, I, I know is uh, something that's going to be disclosed one day. It has to be. I mean, we just watched a movie the other night, the sixth day with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger it talks about, the cloning program that came out in 2000, um, but it, it breaks it down. And I mean, you're, I, I, it resonates so deeply. I feel like they're telling you the cloning process, exactly what they do in that movie. Mm. I don't think it's sci-fi. They show you exactly like they grow all of these bodies in like an incubator and they're all sitting there waiting. They call them blanks. They call them blanks. And then when they need a clone, a politician or anybody, they're, they're ready to go. They have a whole, a whole system set up and they can clone them within two hours and have a fully operational clone within two hours and uh, with memories all the way up to the moment of death. But what would happen is they would 
they would carry the traumas and the memories from their past life. So however they died, they might have a pain in that part of their body. The movie is full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, the sixth day, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, his movies, Total Recall, all the stuff. It's really Total interesting. Total Recall is awesome. A lot yeah. of disclosure. Interesting. I haven't seen those. I'm going to have to check that out. You know, one of the um, ways to control our awareness of what's happening and to desensitize ourselves from reality is by the Hollywood, by the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty much all disclosure of all things that have happened historically are coming out in films and they do it in such a way. I mean, this is something that was also created by the government in the fifties to make aliens look like something out of this world. Like it's not even a part of your reality. Mm -hmm. What better way to completely make you, um, you know, completely, that possible reality out of your scope because the thing is that they do that in such a powerful way because we are consciousness okay Mm -hmm. and so the deeper you go down the spiritual aspect you will be met with the topic of consciousness the deeper you go down the scientific uh you know realm you're going to be met with the uh, topic of consciousness so eventually the human will wake up to the awareness of consciousness and that's where these interdimensional planes come into play um, I think it's only a matter of time collectively that you can suppress something. And we're at the time where finally all that's coming out. You know, the cloning, the cloning thing is a very serious thing. I was uh, taken out of a, uh, an Airbnb when I was speaking at a conference and taken into an underground base. And when I was taken with two other speakers that were with me at that time, they did something that was like a spinal tap, removing genetic information from the spinal cord. And just with that, they're able to create clones, Mm -hmm. you know, entire full body clones. And again, it's not about the external aspect of the body. It's the genetic information that we hold within us. And a lot of experiencers have that happen to them. They become aware of their ET contact and then they begin to have military contact. And so that's that's a that's something that we need to learn how to navigate because was this a physical abduction? Oh, yes. They Absolutely. you guys were taken underground physically? Yes, yes. That's it, very intriguing. It was one of the most traumatizing things that happened in my life, actually, because um I mean, you know, I didn't I wasn't prepared for that because I didn't realize, I heard about it. I mean, you hear about these things, but I didn't realize that it would happen to me or it could happen. But I, I was when, in a moment where I was already talking a lot about these things and I was getting into a lot of information um, about a lot of darker things. And mm-hmm. when you start talking about those things like draconians, reptilians in the government, you know, the I think it just, come. it yes, it really does. And it comes etherically and it comes physically. So that was the first of other my lab experiences that happened, but the most traumatic. And I was taken out of the Airbnb and in it, this was in Colorado in the middle of nowhere and taken into an underground base, 54 floors underneath in the middle of a field and um, taken into these rooms that, uh, you know, they look like medical, like a medical hospital type rooms, like from the fifties, they, they're very old looking and they smell old. And um, they would, they undressed me, they washed me, and they put me inside of these, um, these little kind of seats that look like a medical chair, but super minimalist, just enough for me to sit on and be connected to a back rest of some sort. 
And I was injected with this giant yellow liquid into my right arm. And I had the puncture mark the next day. And I had the bruise and the pain in the, in the spine for like two months. I couldn't do yoga or any exercise of any kind after that. And my colleague that was with me was next to me. And I could see her and dressed as well, just, to, just as myself. Um, and when they were done doing what they were doing, and, and here's the thing that I want to mention about that, that the way I, I realized this was happening is that I woke up at four in the morning screaming. I'm not the only one. I was screaming, I'm not the only one. And we were sharing a room with two other ladies. The one underneath me was the one that was taken with me, along with a lady in another room. And she heard me and everyone was quiet. My sweater was soaking wet. The whole front of my sweater was wet, not sweat. It was just wet in a circle here in the front. And it's because of they had washed me earlier. And um, three days later, after that happened, uh, I began to tell my colleague about the dream that I had. My dream was that a gray was approaching me and injecting me. Okay. So this is screen technology as well screen memory because mm -hmm. when we started to discuss it she had the exact same dream same place she started to describe the same room i was in the same people were dressed the same location of the walls of the windows of everything it was pretty pretty terrifying right mm. and later when we connected with the other lady she had the same experience that night she says i remember a white van that's all i remember and that's when you, you get chills down your spine because you, you never talked to this lady and she's talking about a white van that appeared in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the interesting thing about that is we, we, we were regressed after that experience. And you begin to notice all the things that come up. And who is at the very end of this? It's the Biological Warfare Department, Nuclear Biological Warfare Department of the United States. And governing above that is the darker, real, true government, who is the draconian that is managing those programs. Mm -hmm. So to me, the way I look at it, there is no separation in the interest of mankind between these interdimensionals and Earth. Um, so it's very difficult when you get to the highest levels of understanding to differentiate them. This wow. is why I looked at the question about free will. You know, this is why yeah. I began to question that. Anyway, That's an incredible story. Um, I'm sorry you had to go through that. So what do you think they were doing, trying to clone you guys? Or are you Cloning. Yeah. Cloning. Yes. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is that, I mean, they probably do this to hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. And people end up with probably illnesses, problems in their body as a result of these things. Um, a lot of people that, have, that live near military bases report missing time report these kinds of dreams, these communications. And as you can see, there is technology being utilized to make it look like it's ETs so that it's something fabulous and difficult to understand, right? Yeah. Something that would look fake and unreal. And also they manipulate, they manipulate a lot of things. Um, and anyway, I, I had other many experiences after that that were similar to that. Um, I mean, I, I, I even took a drug test after an experience that happened to me, found chemicals in the body, like actual drugs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not just fabrication or imagination or dreams. These are actual things that are happening. Oh, sure. In the physical. Yeah. yeah. Man, so many things. I, I uh, 
going back to the clone thing, just while it's on my head, something that I, I that caught my attention from that movie is they were they were talking about how they can um, basically put design flaws in. They can give a person a disease or a time or a time or a expiration date of five years, or or they want this person to have cystic fibrosis or whatever. They can do whatever they want, and they they do it for liability purposes. They get they if the clone dies in five years. Um, and then they just immediately replace it with another clone. Um, it, it's for whatever they're trying to get away with the corruption. It's there's less liability for whatever reason. I don't know. They explained it in the movie, but it's just like, I can totally see this happening among the political arena with these politicians. They always look different all the time. Some like how many Bidens and Hillary's and all these people have we seen? Like, is this happening like right in front of our faces? I'm pretty sure it is. I definitely think it is in ways that we probably couldn't even comprehend, even with people that we are with. And I think that it doesn't only happen physical clones, but also etherically uh, by humans that are not conscious of themselves become hosts to parasitic consciousness that is directed through mind control. People that, I mean, we look at the MK Ultra program and also, um, you know, how fragmentation is occurred of personalities in order to create disassociation in which they can program one person to carry something out and that same person will never remember that they did that. Mm -hmm. So these kinds of things are also happening. And, you know, it's being diagnosed as schizophrenia and other kinds of mental diseases and disorders. But I believe that some of these disorders are created through mind control and hijacking of the subconscious mind of a human. And it can be done in many very subtle ways that, it, that one would not even remember what happened to them. And things are being carried out. We look at uh, terrorist things that have happened historically. These people are motiv mobilized to carry some of these things out. Absolutely. And so the question is, again, where does our free will play a role? And if we're going to continue to be hosts for parasitic consciousness, we can be anyone's puppet at any time, any day. So this the, the, the thing is that what we are going into now and where our awareness needs to be, our focus, now that the ET topic is coming into mainstream, is the idea of universal consciousness. The idea that we are more than just the human race, we're more than just our, our lives and the stories that we live, the traumas, the things that we are. There is beyond that. And beyond that is more important right now. It's important to integrate and heal that trauma as soon as possible so that we can begin to integrate the higher levels of ourselves. Our intuition has to come online. That's our technology. Yeah. That's the future of technology, our ability to communicate telepathically. That's already happening. It's just that we're not aware of, of our communication or connection, the way that we interact with each human. All of these aspects of the superhuman they need to come in now. That's the technology. Yes. If we don't go in that direction, we're headed in the direction of artificial intelligence where we're glued to technology. We're dependent. We're, we're completely codependent of that technology. And that's where the human loses its, its rights. Yeah. Anything, you know? So I was, I'm so glad you said that about the intuition. I was just saying the other day, right now we're in like information war, spiritual war, tons of disinfo flying around. Um, nobody knows who to believe or what to believe. And there's people out there who are calling out these people and like telling, you know, whatever they're calling them out, but instead of calling them out, um, because you, you don't necessarily know, it's very confusing. The, the, the waters are very muddy, 
But instead of calling them out, we should be teaching people how to tap into their intuition. If yes. everybody is doing that on their own, you don't have to go out of your way and point fingers and, and do this and that. You can just know on your own. So put all the energy into trying to exposing someone, or we can all just be helping each other um, elevate and tap into that intuition. And our bullshit meters just automatically come on. And you know, right off the bat, if these people are lying or not. And that's how you discern your way through these times, because. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so important. Thank you, because. I believe that one of the greatest takeaways of the past year is precisely that, the exercise of our discernment, right? Mm -hmm. And what's happening in the world around us. Um, I think the more and more we enter these higher vibration, because the entire planet Earth right now is shifting in vibration, literally. It's going faster, which means that time is also speeding up, which means that the bodies are adjusting and all lower vibration information is coming to surface. And we see that in the world. We've seen that for years now. All of these hidden truths are starting to come out, everything from Me Too to Pizzagate, all these things that are coming out in the surface. More is going to come out now of our history and how do we adjust quickly to that is by staying in a state of neutrality uh, in which we understand that emotions are simply tools. They're not meant to be embodied. Um, they're not meant to be identified. All the experiences that happen are not meant to, we, need, we don't need to make it our own. We need to observe, discern, and then choose wisely as we navigate through all these things. Because as you notice, not just what's happening in the world, but all of these movements are happening, left and right, movements, movements. What for? What are they there for? It's not like those topics are new. We're dealing with those topics for forever, you know, but what's happening is separation. And what's the best way to confuse a human is to put them in compartmentalized thinking and separation so they can't access unity consciousness. Yes. So we really have to use this time to connect with the self and create union within the body, feminine, masculine, deal with other issues, mother issues, feminine, masculine aspects of ourselves that are imbalanced in order to understand, feel, experience unity. And then that's translating out to our, our you know, surroundings, friends, family, our children. And the children are actually so incredibly awake. They know, they have their intuition so aware. They know ahead of time, you know, what's real and what's not. So the more that we can come back into that state of neutrality, that awareness, the easier it'll be for us to discern what's what's occurring in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, going back to the children, just a question I have about the hybrids. So what happens to all these children um, up once they're raised? Are they going off in the secret mm -hmm. space programs? Are they coming back to Earth? I know you said some are reincarnating. I mean, if this many, if as many people as you claim are, are, are being yeah. raised. Fantastic question. Yeah. What ha what's happening to these children? Yeah. So this is, this took uh, the second part of my research into understanding what is, what are they being created for? Right. So there are many different agendas uh, depending on whatever species or consciousness presents itself as and we have to remember that we're kind of moving through kinds of archetypes of species, okay? So in our immediate realm, we understand certain archetypes, the draconians to, I don't know, Arcturians and everything in between there, right? All these ranges of frequencies and manifestations. They all have these programs. 
Um, some of these beings that are being created are created for much lower vibrational programs. Some of them are interdimensional, like entities, like um, parasitic consciousness that are designed to carry out these parasitic uh, agendas, I guess. Some of these other aspects are higher vibration. They are activated DNA. Higher vibration means activated DNA. More strands of their DNA are online, which allows more of their superhuman abilities to become online and awareness of a collective self. So these children are being brought into the reincarnation cycle, some of them. And they, they are brought into the reincarnation cycle depending on the phase of the vibrational frequency of the planet. As we are evolving, we are all constantly evolving. We're changing frequency. Each frequency dial, let's say, is a wave of information that is a match to some of these children that are being inserted into the timeline. And at the same time, other older models are being exited from the timeline. And so this is the cyclical pattern. This is also occurring on other uh, planets as well. Some of these children are not meant to grow up. They're just children. And there are two reasons for that. One of them is the development and genetic modification of the, of the genetic information that is within them. They are meant to be experimented on. Another one is the destruction of the child. The child has all of its energy centers completely open. Um, and up until the age of seven is when you can program this organism, not just in that lifetime, multidimensionally, which means that if you fragment and cause trauma on the specimen of a child at this age, it's going to use that information in other lifetimes, in other, in, in other incarnations. Okay. So in some ways it's weaponized, these hybrids. Oh, yeah. in some, in some, right. In some ways, they are used to prolong the reincarnation cycle on Earth. So it really just depends. And I think that there is a level of collective evolution that is occurring through the souls that wake up and activate their free will. Um, but I also believe that because we are in the three dimensional plane, we are here to experience duality. So it's not like we're ever going to eliminate the negative aspect. In this dimensional plane, we're here to experience that duality. I think that once you change and you integrate your polarity within you, you can experience other timelines, other universes with other laws of creation. Um, and I think that that's an option that we need to become aware of. A lot of us don't know. These are things that have been written of in ancient texts for centuries. You know, this is ancient wisdom, the alchemy of the human organism mm -hmm. um, and of creation, you know. Well, so that, I, that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of trying to save the world, which at this point, you know, not one single individual can do, um, you can just work on yourself. And it's so cliche. We say it all the time, but it's true. You create your own timeline. We create everything we experience, which is the most important key, not just in waking time, but in dream time, in astral, yeah. all the planes. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's good. I Go ahead. No, that's... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, um, it's good to have awareness. And it's not like you just want to sit here, complacent, and not do anything. Like, if you see something that's that people should be concerned about, you know, 
we do shows like this. We speak like this. You know, you, we help people understand we're all in this together. We're not just here to work on ourselves. We're also here to help each other. And like you said, the human experience and the duality. So uh, I'm not saying just don't do anything and be selfish and work on yourself. I'm just, I'm what I'm trying to just help people understand is you can overwhelm yourself if you try and take on the whole world, you know, and then if you're not, and if you're not, if you're ignoring thing aspects of yourself, um, you're not going to help anyone else anyway. Well, the world is, we, the way that our reality is structured is that we're fractal upon fractal upon fractal upon fractal. So everything is worlds within worlds within world. What's happening in the world at large outside of us is what's happening in the world inside of us. So the only way to affect the world, if that's your intention, is through the internal work. That is yes. the law of the universe and creation. So it's not really... There's no need to think, you know, that we're being selfish or anything like that. It's just the laws of creation. And we can understand that by understanding that we're creating holographically. We're projecting every everything that's in the energy centers of the body contributes to the subconscious belief systems that are being projected into the reality. And they design what you're going to run into right when you leave this room, when you get up, when you go pick up the phone, it designs your every moment. So that's really important. And it also plays a role in the reintegration of your fragments. Okay, so let's talk about the next step. So we have our fragments through trauma throughout our lives and also through these hybrids, right? Because ultimately those hybrids are a fragment of ourselves. So when we clear up the fragmentation that we've experienced in this lifetime, we begin to access other lifetimes. And as we reintegrate the fragments of those other lifetimes, we're accessing also our hybrid children, our hybrid fragments. So the best way to communicate and heal with hybrid children is by reintegrating the fragments that were created in those experiences of creation, because that experience was made to demonstrate your creative ability. Um, and so the sooner we understand that we can reintegrate that fragment the sooner we heal, not just ourselves, but that soul that was created through you, it affects that entity and it affects all of the DNA lineages that are connected to that hybrid. Because remember, these hybrids are a cocktail of DNA. Human is just one of those hybrids. So it's a mixture of many. So within those many different DNA strands are archetypes of consciousness that we have the ability of clearing up. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the healing. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all a cocktail of DNA. Exactly. Right? And exactly. I think I think that's why we're so sought after by certain races is because um, because we're actually very unique uh, in a way, in the sense that we are living in a poison environment, the, the food, the air, the water, everything. And we when we still have the ability to adapt and thrive as where other species don't necessarily have that luxury. So it's, we're very. Um, interesting to certain groups yeah so and i think it's, that's it's a, yeah it's it's a controlled environment yeah for, yeah. for a purpose absolutely we've also got 22 different et races in our genetics um that that's right so uh alex collier talks about we're we're considered genetic royalty throughout the the universe mm -hmm. we don't even realize it agreed <laughs> so, agreed and it's because yeah. of the soul 
because we have a pure, the pure soul, it's that life sustaining life force that artificial intelligence rejects to recognize that they have. So they become parasite. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right about that. We have a very important. Yeah. We are genetic royalty guys. Remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Would you please let people know where they can find you and let us know of any projects you're working on? Yeah, thank you so much for having me again, guys. Really amazing convo. Um, uh, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to get a DNA reprogramming with me or hypnotherapy to integrate your experiences or connect with your higher self, you can find me at GeraldineRosco.com. And to join my support group, I have an international contactee support group at HybridMother.com. I'll be speaking at the Higher Self Expo, as well as the Wisdom Conference, which is a conference I'm producing myself, oh. and uh, Camp Disclosure as well. So mm. I'm very proud to be a part of all of those conferences. And please, I, um, you can go to my website and find more information, register, support, come join us, come meet us. And um, I'm excited to work with you and connect with you. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. And we uh, we participated in Camp Disclosure last year. So that's cool that you're doing yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very cool that you're doing that. And I I honestly wasn't even aware of the other two conferences you spoke of. So um, yeah, I'll put them on my on yeah. my page. And I'd love for you guys to come and join us for sure. Um, I'll take this opportunity to let you guys know that Aaron and I will be speaking in Sedona at a conference July 23rd through the 25th, uh, the Great Family of Light Gathering. Uh, so that's going to be, that's uh, going to be, we're excited about it. Sedona is amazing. Um, there's tons of energy. The vortex is down there. I mean, there's a lot of uh, DNA upgrades that can happen there. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you guys want to come uh, hang out and get a ticket, um, I think they're only $333, 222 if you pay with crypto. So that's really interesting. That's a cool feature. Uh, Familyoflight.info is where you can get that. There's a live stream too. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a live stream. Uh, live stream, $111 for the live stream, 77 with crypto. A lot of great speakers are going to be there. Um, this is being put on by Divine Sovereign Beings um, podcast, I guess, they or Divine Sovereign Beings, whatever they call themselves now. <laughs> uh, Jason Alexis, um, Jace of Cosmic Origins, Alexis of Ascension Diaries, um, they're putting it on. Uh, Alara of Sirius will be there, Kate Awakening, Matthew Mornian, ourselves, um, there's a whole, a whole lineup, a whole great lineup. Some people I'm not even familiar with. So if you want to come hang out, make sure you grab a ticket to that. Um, that should be pretty exciting. And, uh, other than that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up unless you want to, you guys have something else to add. Nothing, nothing. Thank you so much. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it does. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, yes, we will be at ESETI, um, for all the people who are asking, um, we will be at ESETI this year. So. Um, we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys there as well. Um, real quick, the promo codes, um, Journey to Truth 10 gets you 10% off Hopewell Farm CBD. Truth, in all caps, gets you 10% off of the Omnia Radiation Balancer. And CGI Joe gets you 10% or 15% off our Teespring store. And we have some new merch up there. Um, you guys are probably tired of hearing those promo codes, but for the new listeners who don't know, um, that's for you guys. Other than that, I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. We covered so many incredible things. Um, 
Uh, I mean, everything you touched on, I agree with. I, re I really like the work you're doing. Thank you so much for that. And um, thanks for thank tuning you. in. Thanks for yeah, tuning thank in, guys. So it's been amazing. Yeah. We will see you next time. Have a great night. Bye.